10 Football Talk Podcast. I am your host, Zach Guggenheim, and I am here to recap week four of the 2021 college football season. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube or to follow us wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Apple or Google or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow us, leave a review. We'd love to get your feedback and get those ratings up. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the key takeaways, mostly during the Big Ten Power Rankings segment, and then we're going to have a quick commercial break, and then we're going to go into my national top 10, and then we're going to chat a little bit about the playoff picture. Particularly, I'm going to talk about what I think is going to be the most important game in regards to the playoff picture, maybe this entire season, and it's probably not a game that you would expect. But we're going to talk about that before we before we do that. Let me let me just kind of give you a quick recap of how I'm doing on picks and, and, and how things went. I went eight and three this past week. That brings me to 44 and nine on the season. Let me just put this out there, though, because I, I pride myself on the big picks. And this was a bad week for me. Right. So you might hear eight and three, and you're like, oh, you did pretty good. But I want to just own a few things, okay? First, I want to own what I said about Wisconsin-Notre Dame. I said Graham Mertz would be the difference in that game, and he was the difference in that game. Just he made the wrong big throws, right? Like he threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter, threw four interceptions all game. Wisconsin was winning 13 to 10. And I thought, hey, I picked 24 to 20. Maybe this is going to result in that type of a score. Maybe I'm going to be right on it like I was Penn State, like I had called Auburn Penn State. No. Uh, 13 to 10. And then Notre Dame took Wisconsin to the woodshed. 17 to 13 in the beginning of the fourth quarter after the Chris Tyree kickoff return for a touchdown. And then Graham Mertz decided to be a turnover machine. And I totally lost that game. Graham Mertz, we'll get a, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about him later on in the show. The other thing that I was way off on uh, was who I thought would get upset by a group of five opponents. I said Indiana was going to lose to Western Kentucky, and they did not. I was very close on the score. I, I do want to say that. I said 35-31, Indiana would lose to Western Kentucky. Indiana won 33-31. So I was four points off for Western Kentucky and two points off for Indiana. So I'd like to give myself a little bit of a pat on the back for that. But still, Indiana did win that game. However, the Bowling Green Falcons decided to take a beak-sized attack to sink the boat of the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and their head coach, P.J. Fleck, who is normally one of the most animated coaches in all of college football, he looked like he was taking a nap on the sidelines. And you know what? So, do it, so did his team. They lost 14 to 10 to Bowling Green. This is how bad it is. Bowling Green was the team that Minnesota scheduled for homecoming. 
you don't schedule a team for homecoming unless you know you're going to win. Minnesota scheduled a team. They paid them nearly $1.5 million to come in as 30-point underdogs, and they lost outright. Minnesota, how do you do this? You beat Colorado 30 to nothing. How do you lose? How do you lose to Bowling Green? Oh, PJ Fleck, man, he's, he's got some uh, explaining to do. Let's get to the Big Ten Power Rankings. You'll see where I've got all these teams, including Minnesota and Wisconsin. But I'm going to start at the top like I typically do. Penn State, number one. No surprise. Now, to be fair, their resume took a bit of a hit because Wisconsin, you know, they fell apart. Auburn nearly lost to Georgia State. That was a bad look. And honestly, Penn State's run game was kind of meh against Villanova. But they still have the best resume of anybody in the Big Ten. Number two is Iowa. Their resume also took a hit. Iowa State lost. And Iowa, man, they just look like they are stuck in mud when they're trying to uh, do anything on offense. Only scored 24 against Colorado State. I'm concerned about their struggling offense. The defense is awesome. But I'm concerned about their offense, offense at this point. Number three, I've got Ohio State. That is not because they blew the doors off of Akron, because Akron is horribad. They're not even horrible or terrible. They're horribad. They were, it was, they're terrible. So, But Ohio State's number three, not because they blew the doors off of Akron, but because the teams below them were a little bit more suspect than I expected and I'm going to talk about them in a minute, but I've got Ohio State at three. Four, Maryland, really impressed with how they got up on Kent State early. You know, they were coming off a bit of a sluggish performance against Illinois. So I, I liked Maryland. I like Maryland going into Iowa. I'm not sure who I'm going to pick in that game yet, but Iowa's got to watch out for their explosive plays. You know, they've got playmakers on the outside. They've got a great running game got Maryland at four, Michigan State at five. I was really surprised with how they struggled against Nebraska. And quite honestly, Nebraska gave that game away. So I, I still like Michigan State a little bit more than Michigan because of Kenneth Walker. He made a big time play at the end of that game in overtime. Number six is Michigan. I thought they were going to run away with it after the first half. They led 20 to three uh, over Rutgers. But Rutgers, honestly, probably should have won that game in the second half. They were running the ball at will. They held Michigan to under 100 yards offensively in the second half. They just could not convert on fourth down or in the red zone. And so Michigan Michigan has some questions to answer here. They play Wisconsin coming up. That's going to be an interesting game just because both defenses are pretty good. How is, how is Michigan going to respond with a defense that's really good against the run, quite honestly? Because I don't think Cade McNamara can do much. Just facts, y'all. Like, Cade, Cade McNamara is not very good right now at quarterback. And Rutgers exposed that. Number seven, Rutgers. The fighting Chianos, man. They're I, – I actually think the Rutgers-Ohio State game is very, very interesting this week. 
I'm very curious to see how if Rutgers can exploit the the porous defense of the Buckeyes. Very intrigued to see how that plays out. And man, they they play hard nosed. They are not very talented, but they play hard. They play fundamentally sound. I, I'm man. I love what Greg Schiano is doing and how he's turning that program around. Number eight, I've got Purdue. You know, they beat Illinois. It was a tough game. It was down to the wire, but they didn't have David Bell. Jack Plummer was out for that game. Uh, so their backup, Aiden McConnell, was in. I, I think they were down like three running backs. And so they had, they their depth was tested in this game. And Illinois has shown that they can either keep it close or upset some teams in the Big Ten. And you know, Purdue got the win. And that's a lot of that in conference play. When you have a bad day, you just got to grind out a win. And Purdue did that. And I'm impressed by that. That's that's a big step for Jeff Brom's program, quite honestly. Number nine, Wisconsin. Guys, what is up with Graham Mertz? Graham Mertz was supposed to be the savior of that program. It looks like they should have stuck with Jack Cohn, quite honestly. And I don't know how much of that is on him and how much of that is on Paul Christ. But, I, you know, it goes back. I was skeptical when everybody was saying, Graham Mertz is going to, you know, take Wisconsin to new heights, you know, after that big game last year against Illinois. Look, Illinois plays teams tough, but it was Illinois. There, he went 20 of 21, yes, and he threw for five touchdowns in that game. It was Illinois. And everyone's like, he is going to be the best quarterback in the Big Ten behind Justin Fields. And now he's going to be the best quarterback in the Big Ten, period. He ain't that, guys. He is. He's got a lot of work to do. And I'm actually kind of surprised that they're not benching him right now because he was flat out bad in the fourth quarter against Notre Dame. And it wasn't, it wasn't just that Notre Dame made plays. He made some terrible decisions at the end of that game. So I hope he can get it together because I think I would love to see him rebound and, and be an effective quarterback for them. Number 10, I've got Indiana. Uh, Indiana survived against Western Kentucky, but not by much. Um, I still need to see more from them if I'm going to move them up in the power rankings. 11, Nebraska, I moved them up solely because the three teams below them are, I think, just a lot worse right now. But listen, they could be so much better right now. You can make an argument they should be 5-0 and right now. I mean, they, they played Oklahoma close. They, they uh, played Michigan State close. Now, obviously, they played Illinois close. But, man... Adrian Martinez made a horrific throw that you just can't make in overtime. You cannot make that throw. It's third and three. You know, you got to get points in overtime and you throw to a, you throw a route that the cornerback is sitting on. You've got to know that you can't throw that ball. And in some ways I blame Adrian Martinez but mostly, again, and I, I've been hard on Scott Frost, but when you lose this many games, this close, I think I saw a stat that in Scott Frost's tenure, I think it's 14 games, they've had a chance to either win or tie at the end of the game. And only once they have won. That is a 
just a very, very telling statistic. Scott Frost is not the guy. They need to get rid of him. Nebraska's 11. They shouldn't be 11. I want Nebraska to be Nebraska again. And that's I, it's nothing against Scott Frost. I want Nebraska to be the team I thought the Big Ten was getting. And Scott Frost is just not the guy right now. So Nebraska at 11. Minnesota 12. Oi. Oi. Like what? What? I don't know what to make of P.J. Fleck. You know, they had a great season two years ago. You can't lose to Bowling Green. You can't lose to Bowling Green. It's just, nah. I, I don't understand how you beat Colorado by 30 and you lose to Bowling Green. But that, I, I'm not going to call for P.J. Fleck's head like I'm calling for Scott Frost's, but I'm close because that's, there's no reason for that. None. Minnesota at 12, Illinois at 13. I'll tell you, I, you know, Bielema has got them playing close games, but they've got a, they've got a rebuild uh, on their hands. And so they're at 13, Northwestern at 14. I'm very curious about Northwestern. I'm just going to, this is my disclaimer. In 2018, people forget this. 2018, Northwestern lost, I think, three out of their four non-conference games. I think they started like one and four. And it was like, they're terrible. And then they ended up winning their side of the division or their side of the conference. They got to the Big Ten championship game and then they pushed Ohio State a little bit in that Big Ten title game. Northwestern is starting to maybe figure some things out. Like I, I would not be surprised if Northwestern at the end of this season is 14 and is the worst team in the Big Ten. But there is a part of me that wonders if they're starting to figure things out. Ryan Helensky was at quarterback this week, looked a little bit better. I know it's Ohio. You know, we get that. Ryan Helensky looked better. Evan Hall starting to look like a stud running back. He had over 200 yards, 200 yards rushing. And I would not be surprised. I think they could be at the bottom of the conference by the end of this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the top five by the end of the year. I just don't sleep on Pat Fitzgerald, man. Like just don't do it. Pat Fitzgerald is the best coach in the big 10 top five coach nationally. Um, I kind of want him to take the Chicago bears job because Matt Nagy is uh, ruining Justin Fields right now in Chicago. Please, please take the Chicago bears job, please. Pretty please. Okay, that's it. I'm not, I'm not going to advocate for that anymore. Um, so that's the, the power rankings. I, here's my main takeaway about the Big Ten. And we're going to talk about playoff picture in a minute more extensively. But my main takeaway about the Big Ten is this. They are clearly, to me, the second best conference in the country. Second best only to the SEC. Some Big Ten homers, if you're out there, I'm sure you're listening. You're, you're a Big Ten homer if you're listening. Um, the SEC is better. Don't try to argue it. Have you seen Bama? Have you seen Georgia? The Big Ten is not the best conference, but they're very easily the second best conference. The ACC is hot garbage. They, I mean, they belong with Tulsa in the horror bad category, not Tulsa, Akron. Tulsa is not horror bad. They're just bad. Uh, Akron is horror bad. And so is the ACC. Uh, the, the Big 12, I mean, Oklahoma, eh. 
You know, they just struggled with a West Virginia team that lost to Maryland. Eh, right? Uh, the Pac-12 is Oregon and UCLA and a bunch of eh, you know? USC just lost to Oregon State. Oregon State lost to Purdue. I mean, the Pac-12 is a step above Horobad right now because they've got Oregon and they've got UCLA. Good for them, right? Uh, the Big Ten is the second best conference, and that's it's not close. The problem that they have is I don't know if there's a team that's going to make it out with either one or no losses because every team at the top has at least one major flaw. Penn State has no running game. Iowa has no offense. Ohio State has no defense. And they're, they're hoping that their youth movement's going to catch up with them. But until that happens, you know, I, I cannot tell you how many rushing lanes were completely botched in that game against Akron. Uh, you know, Maryland can't convert on third down. Michigan State, uh, when they were faced with a little bit more resistance, struggled. Uh, they struggled to run the ball, even with Kenneth Walker. Peyton Thorne struggled in that game. Michigan, I mean, when they were forced to pass the ball with Cade McNamara, it was hot garbage. And then let's be honest, I don't think there's another team outside those six that really have any shot at the playoff. And so you're talking about those six. Like, honestly, I could see all of them losing this week. Right. Like, well, except, except Michigan State. And even then, Western Kentucky could possibly pull an upset. But, you know, Michigan plays Wisconsin. They could lose that game. Maryland plays Iowa. I'm not sure who's going to win that game. Ohio State plays Rutgers. I think Ohio State wins, but like, I could see Isaiah Pacheco going for 250 because, you know, reasons i doubt that that that's the one i'm probably most confident about but even penn state indiana i don't think indiana will beat penn state but i think indiana could shut down their run game and clifford could have an off night and india indiana pulls another upset like i i think we're getting into this grind where i think each of the top six teams in the big 10 have a fatal flaw and if those teams don't fix that, each of those teams will lose at least one game and probably more, which means we're going to have a lot of good nine and three, 10 and two teams in the big 10 that have no shot at the playoff. So that's, that's, I don't know if that will definitely happen, but I, I think that's my main takeaway is that I think they're good. I think they're really good. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if there's a single elite team right now out of all of them. So that's those are my Big Ten power rankings. That's my main takeaway about the Big Ten. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to go to a quick break. This is the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. We're going to go through my national top ten, and then we are going to talk about what I think is the biggest game in terms of the playoff picture, and it's not a game that you'd expect. So let's start with the top 10. Number one, I got Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs. And you might think, hey, listen, their win against Clemson looks 
not very good anymore. Why are they number one? And I thought about moving them out, but I, I think I'm going to wait until this week. I want to see them play Arkansas. They're, they play Arkansas at Auburn and then an undefeated Kentucky squad and then a neutral site rivalry game against the Florida Gators. That's three ranked teams and then a fourth undefeated team that they've got to play. That's, that's a gauntlet, man. And remember, before the season, we thought Georgia's schedule was a little cushy. Eek! Arkansas, man, is for real. And then, you know, the Auburn, we'll see how good they really are. But then they, you know, Kentucky is, is decent. And then the Gators, I mean, they went toe-to-toe with Alabama. So I think we're going to find out a lot about Georgia. So I, I'm going to keep them in the one spot for now. Number two, Bama. We're going to find out a lot this week. I'm on record, and, and I'm going to live by this. I'm going to die by this. I've got Ole Miss beating Alabama this week. I'll, I'll break that game down a little bit more uh, when I do my picks. Three, I've got Oregon. You know, the win against Ohio State still rings very big here, but I, as, as mediocre the Pac-12 is, I still don't know with their offense if they're going to make it through undefeated. But for now, they're number three. And I don't see any way they, they move down unless they lose. Number four, Arkansas. Yo, KJ Jefferson's a dude, okay? He is a big man, and he throws a pretty ball, okay? Now, he needs to work on his accuracy, but he's coming. And that Arkansas team is coming. They've beaten Texas and Texas A&M in, uh, I think, weeks two and four. And now... They, they are going to get some big games against some of the big-time teams. Obviously, they're going to they're, they're gonna play Georgia this week. That's going to be a fun one, guys. I'm excited for that game. Uh, number five, Penn State, the Nittany Lions. Uh, resume took a hit, as I mentioned before. But listen, I know they, they struggle to run the ball. I still think they're the most complete team in the Big Ten right now. They've got a really – good pass rush in uh Ebikati. I'm probably saying that name wrong but he has played really well that back seven has been dynamite and you know Clifford Clifford has really played well I think you can make an argument he's him and Talia Tagovailoa have been the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten so far um and uh, Jahan Dotson Parker Washington uh there's a third receiver that I'm blanking on but they're they are ridiculous uh, Brenton Strange at tight end. I mean, they've got they've got some dudes on offense, and they're going to be a problem for anybody they face, including Iowa, when they go into Iowa City next week. Ole Miss at six. Matt Corral, I think, is going to emerge as the Heisman favorite if they beat the Crimson Tide. He is really, really good. Right now, I think he's playing the best ball out of anybody uh, at the quarterback position. Iowa at seven, you know, offensive struggles, but man, defense travels. That defense, man, it's good. It's really good. And so I, I like Iowa. I think they're really good. I, I do think they're going to have some problems this week against Maryland. I, I don't know who I'm going to pick yet, but that's, that's an upset alert at least. Uh, Oklahoma eight, man, they, I don't know what's going on with Lincoln Riley's offense. Spencer Rattler does not look good right now. And, you know, 
he might warm up. He probably will warm up actually, but this is a team that has got to watch out for an upset because, you know, Nebraska's okay. West Virginia is okay. Uh, they, they, they're going to have some tougher teams, Iowa state, Baylor, Oklahoma state, Texas. I mean, they've, they've got the big 12 is not great, but if Oklahoma continues to play the way that they're playing, they're in trouble. Uh, down the road. Florida at nine took care of business at Tennessee. And I think, you know, I think they're really playing well, you know, and really took it to Alabama. I think really could have, should have tied that game up at the end. Um, but yeah, I really, I really like Florida and the number 10 Notre Dame, they took care of business. They're undefeated. And I know that people are going to be frustrated because, you know, there's nothing there's nothing better, right, than hating on Notre Dame, unless if you're going to hate on Alabama. Like, there's nothing better as a big tenor, right, than to, you know, to, to, to mock Notre Dame and think, oh, they're overrated. Listen, Brian Kelly can coach, and they have two of the best players in college football, and Michael Mayer at tight end and Kyle Hamilton at safety. And look, Jack Cohn has looked good at quarterback. He's made Wisconsin, they, he has made Wisconsin look like a bunch of fools over there because he transferred out for Grant Mertz to start there. And I think we can all, all say Notre Dame won that very easily. They won that battle. And that's going to lead into my segment here about the most important game of the, of the playoff discussion in 2021. And I realize this is a hot take. And this could blow up in my face. So that's my disclaimer. But listen, Cincinnati at Notre Dame is the most important game in terms of the playoff race. And here's why. They're both undefeated. And I don't think either of them have a, has a team on their schedule the rest of the way where they will lose. So uh, earlier on Saturday, I, I tweeted this out. Uh, that Notre Dame has, I think, a straight path to the playoff, that the only team that could probably beat them is Cincinnati. And even that I'm, I'm a little skeptical about. I, I don't know who I'm going to pick in that game yet. I need to look a little bit more at Cincinnati. But just at first glance, I'm like, man, if Notre Dame beats Cincinnati, they're going to walk, walk away, walk into the playoff. And somebody responded and says, dude, what are you smoking? And I you know, I wanted to respond. I'm well, probably smoking brisket or pulled pork or something. And you want to join me? We can eat together. Uh, and I can tell you why you're wrong. Um, listen, I don't think Cincinnati is going to beat Notre Dame. I, I, I need to look at Cincinnati more, but I can, I can guarantee that Notre Dame is going to have the best players on the field in Kyle Hamilton and Michael Mayer. Desmond Ritter's good. He's a good quarterback. I think he's going to be a, a high-ish NFL round pick, maybe, maybe a, a second rounder, maybe maybe even late first round. Um, maybe. We'll, we'll see. And they've got some guys from the transfer portal. Their running back is a, is, is a good running back. They've got some key guys on defense. But listen, even then, Mike, Michael Mayer, Kyle Hamilton, they've got running backs. 
They have a good receiver that's emerging in Kevin Austin. Uh, Notre Dame does. And so I, I think Notre Dame beats Cincinnati. It's at home. And then after that, where's the loss? Because then they go to Virginia Tech. Ha! They have no offense. Then they play USC. LOL. They've just lost to Oregon State. Then they play UNC. Ha! They, they just lost to Georgia Tech, who is awful. Awful, awful, awful. Then they play Navy. They play at Virginia, or at least has some semblance of an offense. Then they play Georgia Tech. Again, that's hilarious. And then they play at Stanford. Where's the loss? Like, I don't, unless if one of those teams dramatically improves or Sam Howell at UNC decides to go ham on the night that they play Notre Dame, Notre Dame's walking into the playoff. And, and just in case you're like, well, what if Cincinnati beats Notre Dame? Okay, let's play that game. What if Cincinnati beats Notre Dame? Well, they play Temple, which Rutgers put 61 up on Temple. They're probably fine. UCF, eh. They play at Navy, eh. They play at Tulane. That's an interesting game because Tulane did, they took Oklahoma to the wire. So, okay, maybe. They play Tulsa, eh. South Florida, SMU, East Carolina. SMU, that SMU game might be interesting. But again, where, where is the loss? Like, where is the sure loss or the, the most likely loss? Actually, you could make an argument that Cincinnati might have more sure losses than, or not sure, they have less sure things than Notre Dame does because at least Tulane and SMU and even Tulsa, for that matter, have kind of shown at least a little bit of ability against higher-ranked opponents. But again, I, I just come back to this game. Whoever wins this game has a very clear path to the playoff, which is going to be a huge nightmare for every other conference not named the SEC. Because the SEC most likely is getting two teams in. And I, I don't like that. But let's just be honest. You've got, I think, five teams in the top 10 right now. And I get that they all play each other, but if you got a one-loss team and an undefeated team or two one-loss teams at the end of this thing, they're getting two of the spots. And then what do you do if Notre Dame or Cincinnati goes undefeated? Like, they're going to get in, and then you're picking between Oregon or whoever the Pac-12 champ is, Big 12 champ, and Big 10 champ for one spot who's going to get that it's not going to be a two loss big 10 team and that's that's the dilemma that i think we're going to run into but ultimately and and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this i don't think notre dame is going to be tested anymore this season i think they're going to 
I, I'm most likely going to pick them against Cincinnati. And then after that, I just don't see a clear loss moving forward. I hope I'm wrong for the Big Ten's sake, but I, I think we also just need to acknowledge, and this is for both Cincinnati and Notre Dame, the coaches. I mean, Luke Fickle at Cincinnati and Brian Kelly at Notre Dame are two of the most underrated guys in college football. Now, I saw a stat earlier today for, for Notre Dame. Everybody always talks about how Notre Dame's overrated. I think since 2018, they are 47 and five, and their losses are to Clemson, twice to Alabama, and I think there are two other uh, two other high level teams. Um, but that, that's for a team that we keep saying is overrated. They're pretty good. I I mean, unless if you're Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State. Maybe Oklahoma, you know, I'm, I'm taking that. I'm taking that every single year. Like that's a, that's a, I mean, that's a heck of a stretch for a four-year period, right? And so we, we say that they're overrated all the time. Man, Brian Kelly, he's doing some good work for the Fighting Irish. And I know people don't like it because they're blue blood. Everybody wants to see them lose. But, you know, props to Notre Dame. Now, I, I'm going to end with this. I have no doubt that, you know, I, I would not be surprised if now that I've said this, Notre Dame or Cincinnati, one of those wins, and then they go, they both go like eight and four or seven and five. And everybody says, hey, remember that guy who said that Cincinnati or Notre Dame had a clear path to the playoff? What a loser. Eh, happens all the time. Right. So, but that's, that's my, my hot take. Maybe it'll become a freezing cold take. But as I see it right now, this game, I think, is the most important game in the playoff picture. Cincinnati versus Notre Dame on NBC at 2.30. I'm excited to, to watch that game. I'm excited, excited to see what happens. I'm excited to pick that game. And that pick will come, just like every other pick will come, this Thursday morning uh, when the podcast drops. So that's it for the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Uh, just a couple of programming notes. One, the normal rhythm is I'm going to try to drop a pod every Tuesday morning. That's going to be the recap podcast. And then Thursday mornings are going to be the pick videos. The reason why I'm doing Thursdays is just because every so often there's a Friday night game that I want to cover and pick. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to drop the, the pod on Thursday morning this week for the second. The other thing is you'll notice that there's that uh, moving forward there's going to be two ads instead of one i promise it's not a money grab it's just the way anchor works if you want to get other sponsors you have to start doing mid-roll uh mid-roll credits and so that's why i'm sorry you know i want to you know i really appreciate your guys support um but i would love to you know be able to continue to grow this podcast and part of growing it is getting more sponsorships and so i'd encourage you uh you know Please listen to the ad. Uh, it's the same ad right now. It's all for Anchor, but Anchor's pretty great. So definitely uh, listen to that. Um, last but not least, and I'll, I'll mention this a few more times coming up, but if you want to be a supporter of this podcast, check out the link uh, for this podcast. We'd love to have your support. Uh, it'll help to get better equipment, better better sound equipment, things like that. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, 
be a part of this podcast financially if you are able and willing. If not, please, no worries, no obligation. Uh, but if you'd like to be a supporter, just click the link uh, below and we'd love your support. So thanks guys. This is the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Have a great night. God bless.